Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hi, you've reached the voicemail of Rusty Gate. Sorry I missed your call. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Bye-bye. Rusty, hey man, it's Luke. I'm sure you assumed this, but I just wanted to confirm that we will not be having 30 Pop Trivia this month in light of all this coronavirus craziness. But if you need a trivia fix while you're trapped at home for the next couple weeks, I'm going to be hosting a whole bunch of online trivia games at eatdrinkguess.com. So check those out. All right, man. Hope you're doing well. See ya. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Bronner. This is Season 2, Episode 11, T-U-R-T-L-E Power. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, March 17, 1990. Hello friends, I hope and trust you're all safe and sound in your home, sitting six or more feet away from your dearest few people, binging the latest true crime series on Netflix and catching up on emails. It's a crazy time we're living in, but the reality of enduring a global pandemic in 2020 is far less interesting than it's always seemed in the movies. So why don't we escape together for just a bit and reminisce on simpler times. Like, for example, March of 1990. 30 years ago this week, the number one film in the country for the third and final week was the first in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan film universe, The Hunt for Red October. Directed by John McTiernan, the same guy who directed Predator and Die Hard, and starring Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, James Earl Jones, and Sam Neill. New to theaters this week were the incredibly bad dance drama Lombada and the ridiculously corny British comedy Nuns on the Run each of which holds a pretty generous ranking on RottenTomatoes.com at 41 and 47% respectively. To give you an idea of what people thought of these movies, here's what film critic David Keyes of Cinemafile.org had to say about Lombada. Some bad movies are simply bad because of incompetence or miscalculation. Here is one that begins with the distinction of confusion and follows through with it until the last befuddling frame. And David Newsayer of Real Film Reviews described Nuns on the Run as a disastrously unfunny mess. But there's enough darkness in the world right now, so let me tell you a couple of highlights from these films. First of all, Lombada. Let's start with its logline, which I find completely and utterly entertaining. After a long day of teaching entitled high school students in Beverly Hills, California, Kevin Laird likes to spend the evening dancing the Lombada at Latin clubs. There, he's known by the moniker Blade, and his libidinous dance moves have made him a local sensation. What's more, he tutors some of the club's underprivileged patrons in math. It may all seem innocent enough, but his future is threatened when one of his rich students, Sandy, spots him at the club. I mean, that has quality written all over it. Plus, it was directed by Yoel Silberg and choreographed by and featuring Adolfo Shabadou Quinones. You might not recognize those names, but they were major players in my childhood formation. Silberg directed and Quinones starred in two of my all-time favorite movies from the 80s, Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. 
I've loved each of those movies since I was four years old, and while Shabadoo's character Ozone was easily my least favorite in the films, to see him reunite with Silberg for another exploitative dance pick makes Lombada almost worth revisiting. Almost. And as for Nuns on the Run, anytime I encounter a British comedy that doesn't make me laugh, I assume it's actually very funny, but that I just don't get it. So I laugh anyway just to keep up appearances. This movie in particular is redeemed for me in, if nothing else, the fact that it stars Eric Idle of Monty Python fame and Robbie Coltrane, who played Ruby as Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. I mean, how bad can it be with that duo in the leading roles? If you found yourself in a theater this week in 1990 to see one of these box office disappointments, you hopefully at least made it early enough to catch the coming attractions beforehand, where you'd have seen this film previewed. Welcome to Hollywood. Everybody comes to Hollywood got a dream. What's your dream? When I was a little girl, I would pretend I was a princess trapped in the tower, and then this knight on a white horse would come charging up and rescue me. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure. For five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I am lost. All right, okay. You change for 20? For 20, I'll show you person. <laughs> Wow. Impressed? You kidding me? I come here all the time. Well, color me happy. There's a sofa in here for two. Close your mouth, dear. Who is this girl? Does she work? She's in sales. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. Isn't a date, it's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. <laughs> That's becoming a dream come true. Time to shop. Get rid of your gum. All right. I don't believe you did that. You're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. Oh. You understand me? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city, for that matter. They're two people who have no business being together. Everybody is trying to land him. Well, I'm not trying to land him. I'm just using him for sex. Just doing a little business. <laughs> the company I'm buying this week, I'm getting for the bargain price of about one billion. A billion dollars? Your folks must be really proud, huh? Everything was going their way. Well done! Well done! Whoop, whoop, whoop! Until... I don't want you to go. You hurt me. Yes. Don't do it again. Something unexpected happened. What the hell is wrong with you this week? You fall in love with him, but I not teach you anything? Look, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm... I'm not in love with him. I can find you an apartment and get you a car. I want more. I want the fairy tale. I thank you. You're a very special woman. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Gere. So what happened after? He climbed up the tower and rescued her. Julia Roberts. She rescues him right back. Pretty woman. Maybe you guys could, like, um, get a house together. Buy some diamonds. <laughs> I look forward to revisiting that comedy classic next week on 30 Pop. But back to this week in 1990. In music, we saw a little activity on the Billboard charts with Randy Travis's song Hard Rock Bottom of Your Heart claiming the top spot on the Hot Country chart. And Quincy Jones's The Secret Garden topping the Hot R&B and Hip Hop chart. And on the Hot Rap chart, salt and Peppa's expression was finally dethroned after an impressive eight-week run by the indescribably massive digital underground hit The Humpty Dance. This song was huge, and we'll hold that number one spot for several weeks to come, so we'll definitely dedicate some real time to it in a future episode. Janet Jackson still had the number one pop song in the country for one final week with Escapade, 
and Paula Abdul continued her reign with the top album in the country, Forever Your Girl. Other albums released this week were Kid and Play's Funhouse, leveraging the successful release of their now cult classic debut film, House Party, a few weeks earlier, and the soundtrack for the soon-to-be-released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original and by far best film in the franchise. This soundtrack was one of my very favorite albums as a kid, due largely in part to one particular song, everyone's favorite song from the record, Turtle Power. And as much as I loved, and if I'm still honest, still love that song, I'll admit, it's not exactly a lyrical masterpiece. I sat down this week with my longtime friend and former 30 Pop trivia champion, Caleb Sanderson, to dissect it in a segment we call Bad Words. Caleb, welcome back to 30 Pop. So good to have you again. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this episode. Me too. So you and I are going to get to do like a two-part thing here. We're going to talk today about a particular song from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the actual film. Mm-hmm. So 30 years ago this week, the actual soundtrack released. A soundtrack that I loved, had on cassette tape, and I loved it so much. Yeah. But we're going to talk about one particular song from that soundtrack. I'm sure anyone who's remotely familiar with the soundtrack knows immediately what song it is. It is Turtle Power by Partners in Crime. Obviously. It's the only song that anybody would remember from that soundtrack, even though MC Hammer is on that soundtrack. Yeah, I actually do remember a whole lot from the soundtrack Mm -hmm. because I'm telling you, I listen to it all the time. I loved it so much. Fun story about this particular song, Turtle Power. I have a distinct memory of in fourth grade, so it would have been the year this came out, Mm -hmm. auditioning for the school talent show, lip syncing this song. And I was a sucker. I I grew up in like breakdance culture, and so I was a sucker for any song that had a robot voice in it. Right. And this obviously has (laughs) the robot voice. And I remember distinctly standing in front of my music teacher, who ironically was named Ms. Toon, Mm -hmm. and my PE teacher, and lip-syncing this song. And I, if I remember correctly, I actually only lip-synced the T-U-R-T-L-E power right. part and left the rap alone. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to do the robot voice. So I did good. not make it into the talent show. Well, they denied me. That's a shame. It is, Be- right? Yeah. I, I think so, too. Yeah, it's good song. I was listening to it today. I watched the movie again today, and I realized that when he gets into the rap, it sounds so much like Michael Scott's Threat Level Midnight <laughs> song from The Office. And it's beautiful. Both of them are beautiful songs and fit perfectly for what they're trying to do, which is make high-quality entertainment. Yeah. I mean, that, okay, so here's what I need to say. This is a segment called Bad Words. We're going to talk about how bad the words are to this song. Okay. But that <laughs> I just have to make it known from the very beginning. I love this song. To this day, I love this song. Right. I have also rewatched the film... I rewatch it on a pretty regular basis, actually. Probably at least once a year I see this movie. It holds up. I'm just going to throw it does, that out there. It does for me, too. But mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. So, But immediately when the credits begin to roll, this song comes on, I still get all the feel. I still mm-hmm. love it. So, yeah. uh, so T-U-R-T-L-E power. T-U-R-T-L-E power. T-U-R-T-L-E power. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, the very first line here. On the half shell, they're the heroes for. That makes me uncomfortable because on the half shell is a way that you eat oysters. That's like like I'm immediately thinking about eating these but turtles. They're but. heroes in a half shell. Like if you go back to the cartoon I and get the it. intro song, that's like heroes in a half shell, turtle power. Then he should have said in a half shell, 
not on the half shell because I'm Fair. already thinking about eating turtles. Fair. Okay. Which is just not a thing. I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat turtles. So well, on, is, do people eat turtles? Is that a thing? Absolutely. Turtle soup is a thing. That's it's disgusting. Is that a real thing? Yes, that's okay. a real thing. There that's like a delicacy that you can pay money for. Where? I, I don't know. Places, but it's <laughs> Okay. The worst. In okay. What, Wunan, China? Ooh. On the half <laughs> shell. They're the heroes for in this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with mugging mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness. Get me a reporter. Call April O'Neil in on this case. You better hurry up. There's no time to waste. We need help. Like quick on the double. Have pity on the city. Man, it's in trouble. Any feelings so far? Okay, so you know how... I don't know if you know anything about like whenever they make movies and I don't know anything about when they make movies, but I always imagine like they make the movie and then they send the video off to the conductor who's going, you know, to score, right. He's going to score it. And they watch the movie and they're making their notes like, Oh, this is what, and he's watching this movie as he was writing these lyrics. Like, okay, well this is what happened. Yeah. He gives the entire entire plot of the movie away. So, so far it's a win. But what will be revealed as we continue through these lyrics is that the guys from partners in crime, had clearly never seen Ninja Turtles before in their life. Not just the movie, but they were utterly unfamiliar with the characters. Okay, I do. What's a quarter going to do for you? Are we calling the? Is this to call April O'Neil in the time of payphones yeah, when it it's is. only a quarter? Is it's, that a reference? It's a quarter to, to like he's going to call the news station to get a reporter. Okay, we don't need gotcha. police. We need a reporter. Right. Okay. So we need heroes like the Lone Ranger when Tonto came pronto when there was danger. Simile. Uh, I mean, this is a throwback for the older audience. The parent, like my parents. Yeah. Would have appreciated this lyric. Oh, Lone Ranger. Right. Yeah. Now they can make a connection. They didn't say we'll be there in half an hour because they displayed <laughs> turtle power. <laughs> it's, so what do you think that older generation was thinking in this moment when they're imagining their heroes from their childhood shows having turtle power? I think the older generation is dragging me out of the theater already. <laughs> That's true. They're this not paying is, attention. No, this is before the end credit scene. And I guess the problem here is they didn't see the movie. Maybe they were referencing the cartoons because they had that like turtle van that could get them places really quickly or some sort of transportation device. They don't have that in this movie. They have a skateboard. There's a moment coming up when it becomes so obvious that they don't know these characters at all. So T-U-R-T-L-E power, T-U-R-T-L-E power, T-U-R-T-L-E power. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles repeats that. Mm -hmm. First of all, the idea of turtle power is a absurd to me no it's it's legit hilarious it's pizza it's turtle it's it's turtle power like okay let's keep moving now our ace reporter was hot on the trail determined to put these crooks in jail first of all i don't think reporters can put people in jail but that's fine well you know you break a story and you make you bring light to what's going on and now the police are going to act upon what has been uncovered okay so she spied the bad guys and Mm -hmm. saw what happened but before she knew it she fell in the trap and got caught yeah, she was all alone with no friends and no phone, which is interesting. In 1990, people didn't have cell phones. No. So like, it's interesting that he even was looking ahead enough to You'd think. You'd have to have the Zach Morris. We like, need a line about, yeah, they're not break. being phones. Yeah. Now, this was beyond her worst dreams because she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided, unloved, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth, and they'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound, shouted Cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower, 
because they possessed turtle power. I mean, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, you have a metaphor I love in there. It. April O'Neil is the flower, right? And uh, with April showers come May flower. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. stretching here. Yeah, but, they're stretching too. So um, we refrain again to URTLE power, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Verse which is three. fantastic, by the way. Like, I mean, it's get stuck all in the head. robot voice. Yes. Yeah, I mean, of course. When you stand for okay, so this is the little the like spoken word bridge over mm-hmm. the like very dark chord progression. When you stand for what you believe in and find the strength to do what's right, that's turtle power. Okay, so now we have a definition for turtle power that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Heroes on the half shell, they're on a mission. When there's a battle, got the enemy wishing that they stayed at home instead of fighting these ninja masters with moves like lightning. They were once normal. But now they're mutants. Splinter's the teacher, so they are the students. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group? No, he's no, not. No, that's, that, yeah. That's this is terrible. why I say this guy has, he's clearly never read the comic. He's clearly never seen the cartoon. Yeah. Didn't everyone, even hear the theme song from the cartoon. Everyone knows Leonardo is the leader. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group transformed from the norm by the nuclear goop. <laughs> I don't know if it's nuclear. It's ooze, as yeah, we will learn. It's but. true, yeah. But this has to be the only rap song that's ever used the word goop, if I had to guess. Nuclear that would be a tragedy, goop. though, if it is. Pizza's the food that's sure to please. These ninjas are into pepperoni and cheese. Now, this feels like a little bit of a departure from the storyline, So, he, but he realized that when he was writing it, so the next line. <laughs> back to the story. It's not hard to find... Ninjas not just of the body, but of the mind. Those were the words that the master instructed, but a letter from Shredder has Splinter abducted. Okay, what letter? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't did he remember. pen a letter? I don't remember. Yeah, he wrote them a letter. <laughs> okay. That was the last straw. Spring into action. Step on the foot. Now they're going to lose traction. Now this is for real, so you fight for justice. Your shell is hard, so you shout, they can't dust us off. Like some old coffee table. (laughs) Since you've been born, you've been willing and able to defeat the sneak, protect the weak, fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Okay, so first of all, fighting for (laughs) constitutional rights is not a part of the plot line of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. To my movie, but of of the idea of what the Ninja Turtles stand for. I'm sure. Because you're going to defend, you're going to die on yourself. Fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Now the villain is chillin', so you make a stand. Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand. Remember the words of your teacher, your master. Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light. Shining for your illumination. (laughs) Good versus evil equals confrontation. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and turn sour. They just really needed a word right there to rhyme with. Try to rely on your turtle Turtle power. power. T-U-R-T-L-E power. Yeah, I can't defend saying Raphael's the leader. I don't think anyone can defend that. No. But I'd say overall... I can say Raphael's my favorite character from the movie. He is for me. I like Michelangelo in this one. Michelangelo's fun. He's great. He was, And he was every kid's favorite at the time. I always loved Raphael because he was kind of a smartass. And so that resonated deeply for me. He was sarcastic. He was insulting. Mm -hmm. He wanted to buck the system. You know, he didn't want all the rules and stuff. And therefore he can't be the leader. Exactly. Only the most responsible Nor would he want to be. He wouldn't want to be the leader. Leonardo, who has the most irritating voice in the movie, but we'll talk about that in a couple weeks, was clearly the leader of, of the group. Uh, Raphael is cool. Michelangelo is a party dude. Donatello does machines. 
and Leonardo Leeds. Like, yeah, that's right. Reference the song, the real song. I mean, the real song. Yeah. The, but it's still a great song. The canon. Oh, it's the I, best. I, I love it. I love it. They hit on 90% of what they said. Yeah. And I will say the fact that this whole thing is about turtle power, April O'Neil gets mentioned multiple times, and we only hear their names yeah, yeah. once, and it's incorrect whenever we get their names. No reporter power, no girl power. No. Just, just turtle power. Turtle power, yeah. It's just, that's, just the idea of turtle power is such a strange concept to me, that anyone had to write a song about uh, the power of turtle turtles like remove ninja turtles remove like your idea of this movie and these characters and just think about turtle power okay it's ridiculous let me reference another movie for you real quick okay okay it's uh Ernest goes to camp okay and Classic. at the end they shoot turtles at the bad guy construction workers and it snapping bites their turtles, snapping right? turtle yeah. right bites their noses and their ears and I their lips this. that's turtle power and those were just regular turtles. They hadn't even been well, hit by nuclear well, goop yet. They were snapping turtles. That's not. But those, I don't know that's that a I real thing that regular. exists. They're not nuclear goop turtles. Uh, you know, we we should actually have you back again in a, in three weeks because mm-hmm. then we're going to be talking about Ernest goes to jail. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I hadn't dawned on me that I have a friend who's in Ernest. My son's name is Ernest. That's true. Not necessarily after him, but he doesn't need to know. <laughs> I that. love that you said not necessarily. Like maybe kind of a little bit Ernest P. Whirl, but right. That's funny. Okay, so any other thoughts on Turtle Power before we wrap this segment? Not on Turtle Power. I do have to throw a shout-out, though. I'm looking at the um, track list of that soundtrack. Okay. Like I said, the MC Hammer song was very disappointing for MC Hammer levels. If you take songs Hammer did for movies, Uh which I don't know, might be two, uh, Adam's Family theme song is clearly much, much better. They say what they want to say. Yep. Right. But the Turtle Rhapsody by Orchestra on the Half Shell is pretty legit as well. Which, it's which, just the music, right? Over, you know, at the beginning. Is this where they have like... Yeah, yeah. And there's and it has like little voiceover, like sound bites mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's it's good. I jammed out to that. I do love that sort of motif. Mm-hmm. It's it's killer. And there was a bunch of... There were actually several songs on this record. I loved 9.95 by Spunkadelic. Yeah. I loved Spin That Wheel by High Tech 3... Um. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> there were three or four songs that I liked on the record, but yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. But those were in the days of cassette tapes, where I had to like actually fast forward and rewind. So I'm familiar yeah. with all of right. the whole soundtrack. Sometimes obviously. you're but, just too lazy to press that button, which is unfortunately not available anywhere. You can't buy it in digital form. I'm gonna have to like that's, buy a CD of it and digitize it myself. That's crazy, and I have every intention of doing so. Yeah. Caleb, always a joy to have you on. We'll see you back in two weeks to talk Ninja Turtles the movie. Glad to be here. See you, man. Yeah. Huge thanks to Caleb for being a part of this episode, and to you all for listening. Once again, if you're in Houston, we obviously won't be gathering for 30 Pop Trivia this month with all this coronavirus craziness, but I will be hosting lots of online trivia to hopefully help keep folks entertained during these next few weeks of social distancing. You can play along at eatdrinkguest.com, which is linked in the show notes. Stay safe out there, friends. Wash your hands, stay inside, relax, and remember. When you're in trouble, don't give in and turn sour. Try to rely on your turtle power. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. 
To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1990 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>